This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And today, pretty excited to review this stuff we missed um, because... We all thought it was coming to the cinema. We saw the trailer in the cinema. Yeah, right. Everyone was really excited. We all thought, okay, this is going to be happening. Uh, And then, for whatever reason, it did not. And then it quietly showed up on Netflix. So today we are doing a Stuff We Missed review of The Woman King. You know, after watching the first five minutes of this film, really, the first five minutes, and I already thought to myself, don't care where this movie goes, don't know if it just completely loses the plot after this. I love this film and I'm on board for whatever it's going to do. It looks amazing. It looks so good. Such an amazing opening. Um, There's so much to talk about, but I would highly recommend this movie. Oh, same, same. Um, I think this is going to be one of those reviews where we all just highly recommend this movie. Um, I'm also echoing the same thing. I I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I'm more annoyed now that they didn't show it in cinemas after hyping it for so long and putting posters all over the place. Um, I have some issues with it, though. Uh, There's some stuff in the movie that just bloats it for no reason. I thought like a super cheesy romance angle that just pops out of nowhere 45 minutes in. Um, But otherwise, I thought like Viola Davis was top tier in it and she deserved like so much more uh, during award season. Actually, a bunch of them did. I thought a bunch of them were completely ignored during award season. But yeah, yeah, like super recommend. I love this movie. Me too. Uh, I thought it was really great. I think that the first five minutes thing is true because it sets the tone. Uh, It uh, lets you understand who the main characters are going to be, why they matter. Um, And it also lets you know the quality of production that you're in for because it looks really beautiful. The costuming is amazing. The setting is great. The direction is strong. And and that kind of carries through. Although, Arvind, I suspect, based on what you've said, that I'm likely to agree with um, some of the criticisms that I think you have. So anyways, um, The Woman King, it is directed by Gina Prince-Blythewood, written by Dana Stevens, um, based on a story by Maria Bello and as, sorry, based on a story by Dana Stevens and Maria Bello. And as mentioned, of course, starring Viola Davis as a general of an all-female king's guard um, for the Dahomey kingdom. And it's set in a time in which in which they're beginning to grapple with the notion of slavery being their primary form of economy. Uh, It also talks about, I guess, the sacrifice and the meaning of being a warrior and uh, a warrior of, or rather being a warrior and a warrior in sisterhood with other warriors. There's so much about the way they develop that idea, right? What it means to be a woman warrior, what it means to be a woman that is this elite 
fighting force. Um, I love how they bring that to life because there are many other movies that have attempted to do this. Black Panther, probably one of the best examples. Um, but if you think about, for instance, um, Wonder Woman, sure, the battle scenes are really fun, beautifully shot, but they are not terrifying. And I feel like watching the the warriors in The Woman King, um, when they fight, when they train, when they're in the heat of battle, they are a force to be reckoned with. They are truly awesome and truly terrifying. And I think that was very important for this movie to be able to achieve. Um, I think that when you're talking about representation um, and and female power, there's many ways in which it can become cheesy or corny. Um, And I'm very glad that this movie managed to strike just the right balance. I feel like I feel like I wanted to stand up and cheer every time um, some of these brilliant women did their thing on screen. Oh, that's interesting that you spoke about like the fighting and the the fight scenes, right? I wanted to ask, like, did you guys miss the brutality of those scenes? Because this movie I thought was weirdly PG also. Um, Like you hardly see any blood. There's a lot of violence, um, but the violence isn't gross. And I kind of wanted it to be gross, if that makes sense. Um, I wanted I wanted to see like limbs fly left and right on the screen, which you don't you don't exactly see in this movie because it says like the movie is inspired by uh, true events in history, but it's not purely based on right. So I was wondering like why would you go for like accuracy or grounded in some sort of reality when you could have amplified the the violence and made it a lot more. This is so weird to say a lot more satisfying. And I wasn't satisfied enough by the fight scenes. This is so odd because you're normally not pro-gore. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want gore like, um, I didn't want gore for gore's sake. But I felt like with the weapons that they had, um, and one of them has like, has literally fingernails that gouge out other people's faces. So, you know, when you were talking, that was what I thought about. And I realized actually for me, this this movie was plenty disturbing and brutal. I didn't need Mm. for them to, I didn't need for them to depict that level of brutality for me to understand what was happening. Yeah, so I I think that, I I like that a fair amount of it is left to the imagination because you get to see the balletic moves and precision of the fighters, but you don't always get to see the killing blow. I think that's what you're talking about, right? Like that you see the knife being drawn across the throat, but you see it from the back. Um, You see a spear going through a chest, but again, you see it from a distance. And, And I didn't mind that kind of suggestion suggestive um, implying quality to the film, partly because it also has some scenes with serious sexual violence. um, And I appreciated that in those moments, it wasn't brutal. So to me, the treatment of of violence in the film is equal. And considering its themes, I was okay with that. It felt like the violence and the brutality, in fact, was confined to the Things like the slave trade. Um, And even then, it's not played for, you know, we've talked a lot about how black pain has become a little bit of a spectacle in in a lot of Hollywood movies. And this movie doesn't do that. I feel like it handled. So, yeah, I feel like there was a conscious decision made that none of the violence and, and torture was going to be played up. And instead, it was all sort of suggested. And I, I liked that about the movie. I think it, it. I was thinking about the same thing and it might have been like a, a purposeful, like a conscious decision to not go that way, right? But I'm, I think I was just coming from a point of, you know, when you watch a, a John Wick 4. You wanted 300, of, of but with, you wanted 300, but with the Dahomey warriors, didn't you? 
Uh, not so stylized, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, when when John Wick lands the blow, yeah. you feel you feel so hyped because you're on John Wick's side and you want him to win and you want to see what he does with the weapons and the fighting and the hand-to-hand combat. Um, I think that's what I wanted to see. I'm glad they didn't go the emancipation way of, of showing torture again and again for torture's sake. But I wanted more John Wick, I think is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's when it comes to the fighting scenes, which there's mm. a fair amount of in the film because there's uh, quite a bit of battle. There's a lot of training sequences as well. But the other side of it is the, the court the drama of what was happening in the court of the Dahomey mm. King, in the palace, um, the kind of various interpersonal things that were playing out. And again, going back to what it was like for the Agoje to be together, to be sisters in battle. And I really liked seeing... So I think the relationships in the movie aren't all made equal. Uh, and some characters also aren't written as fully as they could be. But... When it comes to the the warriors, the Amazons, the Agoji, I thought that everything to do with that was great. I, I appreciated every part of it. I love the the relationship building that the movie does. It obviously invests a lot of time in showing us how these women relate to each other on the one hand, but also how they relate to people outside of this this little circle, um, particularly with John Boyega, who plays the king, and the relationship between him and, and Viola Davis. And there's a little bit of a power dynamic, but there's also trust. It's, it's very interesting. Didn't know he was in this film. Was surprised when he showed up. Um, but... I think for me, I agree with you, Arvin, when you said earlier, there are parts of this film that feel a little overly long um, that could have been done away with. <laughs> Malik. <laughs> yes. Yep. I mean, yep. one too many pretty boys, let's just say. Uh, pretty boys that then get pretty boy sequences <laughs> in waterfalls. Like, I, I don't know if Shirtless. anyone... Yeah. I don't yeah. know if we needed that. I wasn't sure why that was there, but I thought that the relationships were one of the best thing about best things about this movie. Uh, yeah. He, he looked like a Disney Disney Channel prince that just popped out of nowhere and I was like who is this guy like why is he in this movie Um, I also have a question and I want to ask this like very tactfully would this movie have performed better if it didn't come out around the same season as Wakanda Forever because like I feel like in a weirdly ironic way Wakanda Forever might have buried the momentum that this movie had like the Woman King had for it or it would have had otherwise I was thinking about that partly because of the, the the women warrior element, right? And so there is that kind of similarity. And that could be the case. And if that is the case, that's such a pity. Partly because, I mean, we were talking about fight sequences earlier. The fight sequences in The Woman King are infinitely better. Um, and yes. in fact, in general, this is a better movie. And so the, the fact that it didn't get that kind of push potentially because it was like, ah, well... Women with spears on one, women with spears on the other, Marvel and Disney might behind one. Okay, lah. Um, th- the fact that that might be the case is a pity. It really is, right? Because there's so much about this movie that would have worked so well for us on the big screen, um, which, yeah. which we never got to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other thing is really that the story of The Woman King is actually very standard. Um, it isn't super innovative. Literally, the title tells you what the ending is going to be, which isn't anything that you're going to be surprised by. But I think the fact that we've never seen a story like this, that we've never seen characters like this, um, that we've not seen actors like these be given this kind of opportunity to perform on screen, all of that comes together to make this a very, very exciting film. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, it made like 97 million worldwide on a 50 million budget. So 
can't say it's successful. Um, and I think that's the biggest shame la, that it didn't really perform the way it should have performed. It didn't get awards, which I'm actually the most upset about. Yeah. Oscars particularly. Yes, for Viola Davis, mm. which I mm-hmm. mean, I, I know that that's a bit tough. Everybody's very happy that Michelle Yeoh won. But you know, you know, come on. If you've seen The Woman King, then you know. Uh, we're talking today about The Woman King, which is something we missed not out of choice. It just never made it to our shores uh, on the big screen. Let us know if you've watched it or if you plan to. And if you did, did you like it? Uh, you can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Blockbusters for me. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. My king, the Europeans wish to conquer us. They will not stop until the whole of Africa is theirs. We must fight back for our people. Time is gone. You are asking me to take them to war. War. Some things are worth fighting for. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin and together we are reviewing The Woman King, uh, directed by Gina Prince-Blythewood and starring... Viola Davis, of course, but also Tuso Mbedu, Lashana Lynch, Sheila Atim, John Boyega. The list does go on quite a bit. Um, So I think we do have to talk quite extensively about the performances because I agree with you, Sharmila. The script for The Woman King is kind of bog standard. You 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 know what's going to happen. Um, when there are long sequences with people talking about the evils of slavery and the, the good of palm oil, like it, it starts it starts to get a little bit okay, I, I understand. I, I, I know where this is going. So when you have a script that I'm not saying it's bad, it's just kind of by the numbers. Um, you really need strong performances to elevate it. And let's start with the woman king herself because Viola Davis is everything in this role. She's everything that we've known her to be, which is to say an exceptional actress. I could watch her scenes in this movie again and again and again, right? And and it's, I don't know, It's there's some kind of magic with Viola Davis in practically every film she does, even something like Suicide Squad. How cool is her voice? Her voice, mm-hmm. her her posture, the way she walks, the way she fights. Um, there's such an elegance to everything she does. And then just when you think you're watching probably the most bad, I can't say the word, person you've ever seen on screen, she gets this beautiful, soft, emotional, vulnerable scene. And then you realize why this is Oscar winner Viola Davis. Yeah, I, I love that you brought up Suicide Squad in this movie's conversation. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> Best and worst, man. Viola Davis, the star of Suicide Squad. Um, no, but she's, she's awesome. Um, I think, like, I, I don't know how difficult it is for someone to embody, like, uh, someone who's a warrior or a fighter. But I think more than showing strength or that you can be on the battlefield or you can handle weapons and swords and spears and shields and stuff, you have to also show the wear and tear of being in war and being in battle. And she does that so well. Like you can see it in her her eyes and the way she speaks. Like she's tired. She has that that tired body. Like she doesn't want to do this anymore, but then she has to do it because that's her role, right? And then she has to lead this army. Um, she has to stand in that that place um, in line. And and all that, I think you need someone like a Viola Davis to do um, just to strike that balance because she doesn't look weak, but she looks exhausted. And she looks exhausted without looking weak. 
um, it, it's amazing. Lah. It's, it's just like top tier performance. There's a scene where she looks at somebody from her past who yes. and, and, and oh, it affects yeah. her in a way that she doesn't expect to be affected by. And you really feel that. It, you really feel that gut punch. And I think it takes something, especially considering we didn't get to watch it in a cinema, that you're watching it at home with all the distractions of home. And yet you still really feel that. And that goes alongside a number of other good performances, right? Like I really enjoyed Lashana Lynch um, in in the role of Izogi, who is this kind of braggadocious warrior who's there to show uh, Nawi, Tuso Umbedu's Nawi, the ropes. Oh, I love Lashana Lynch. Um, I think, okay, okay. So if we want to stand for the Malaysian and say, Michelle, you deserve the Oscar, Violet Davis deserved at least to be nominated. I think Lashana Lynch could have easily won Best Supporting Actress. Um, it's a pity that she wasn't nominated. She was so, so good in this role. Um, I I thought um, Tuso Mbedu, who played Nawi, was also very, very... She looks small, right? And that's what she's supposed to look, deceptively, um, deceptively incapable, perhaps. And I thought all these people had such great chemistry together. Is uh, Izogi your favorite character for you guys? For me, it is like it's an easy. It is. I mean, I love Viola as... Davis, but I love Izogi as a character. So uh, the person I watched this movie with turned to me halfway and said, "So that's Maverick, right?" <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Maverick. <laughs> Izogi is just Maverick. <laughs> like when once you see that, you kind of can't turn back from it. So of course, why not? I I do I, I enjoy Izogi a lot. Partly because I think that a movie. Look, I my biggest fear going into the Woman King, um, after knowing its themes, having watched the trailer, was that it would be humorless. I was really worried that we were in for like a very dense, very heavy piece of filmmaking, and it was going to be very quote unquote meaningful and quote unquote a good film, but that you would leave it feeling kind of weighed down. Um, and I think that it doesn't have that partly because of the relationships that we're talking about, partly because of the dynamics the characters have, and partly because of Izogi. I think that I was surprised at how the movie managed to have these light moments and these bits of humour. I actually loved how the movie also used music and culture and ritual to add that kind of levity, right? Because there are scenes of dancing, there are scenes of uh, women gathered together just having fun with each other. The dancing is beautiful. It's lovely. And yeah. I think I think there's a real understanding here that, yes, we're talking about very very serious issues, but that doesn't mean that everyone needs to be down and sad all the time. Also, I think one of my favorite things is just the nuance that this movie has. Um, and it, it doesn't feel the need to overly explain. Uh, like we brought up like John Boyega's, he plays the, the young king in this movie, the man king. Um, and he's seemingly, <laughs> he seemingly all for uh, empowerment and equal rights and progress. Right? But he's also actually not. Like there are a few scenes that are so well done mm-hmm. where his misogyny is so subtle that it sounds right. But then when you, you dig a, a layer deep and you're like, wait a minute, what did this guy just say? And and then the scene is gone and no one like points fingers and explains and goes, oh, so this is bad and, and this is good. Um, and there's like that lingering question throughout the movie, like does he actually believe in the things that he says he does or is it is he just using these people as soldiers, these women as soldiers and, you know, that he can discard, right? And for political um, points. Political points. So I, I love I love the subtlety that this movie has. Um, it's not like a, it's not trying to educate you. It's just a it's a movie, and if you understand, you understand. So I, I think you can simultaneously believe in the respect that other characters award 
King Gezo while simultaneously rolling your eyes every time he disappears mm. off screen. Because I know I did, you know, whenever he would come on and swan about and my loves, my loves, and then like, you know, just, I don't know about palm oil and it's fine, it's fine, my mother sold. Like when he would come on and do all these things, I would roll my eyes, but it didn't take away from the fact that I did think that John Boyega played him with a certain amount of uh, self-serious majesty that really worked in the role. I think he felt real. He yeah, felt yeah. real for the time. Yeah. What progress would look like in that time and how that's a lot more complicated than we might want to think. Um, and that compromises sometimes were really necessary. Um, Naniska, Viola Davis's character, is such a good example. Right? You can see her looking at him half the time and in her head going... God, I wish I could swing this machete at you. But you were the best option of <laughs> a bad lot. But you are the best option yeah. towards a better uh, society and so I'm going to take it. I mean, at the end of the day, this is like always my conflict lie as a movie goer. Like, I like movies like this. I want variety in the cinemas. But I also know that you need to be a blockbuster to change like the cultural landscape and be significant, right? Um, like Black Panther is Black Panther because it is Black Panther. And I, I don't know, I just, I, I can't help but wonder uh, if this movie should have hammed it up a bit, if it should have been IMAXified, uh, marketed to ob- oblivion and, and made into something else. Uh, so it has some sort of pop culture footprint as opposed to just something you watch on a Friday night on streaming. It, it's in the top 10, but... You know, I, I don't think it has any impact. La. I think it could have been marketed better. I wouldn't change mm. anything about the movie except for pacing a little bit and, and those extraneous scenes. And, and a removal of certain certain elements, yes. I think. I, 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 let's yeah. Look, we didn't talk that much about it um, after Ivan mentioned it, but I think we should just say it up front. This movie didn't need the romance, did it? No, it didn't. No. It really didn't. Um, he served no purpose, did he? <laughs> Except, I don't know, some odd commentary on mixed race relations, I'm not sure. But yeah, no, it, it, it could have been done away with. It just felt, it felt like it was in a different movie. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I really think the marketing let the film down. I think he let the film down. No, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if it was slightly leaner, it would have been better. Without, without, it was bloat. The romance stuff was just complete bloat. And that is the other sad part, because I wonder if they thought they needed it. Maybe, you know, that that it would attract more audience um, members to come and watch it. But it really, I don't know. It's a very good film, guys. If if you haven't seen it yet, would highly recommend. We've been talking today about The Woman King. Let us know. Have you watched it? Do you plan to watch it? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.